welcome to the Hoosie Podcast with me, Phil. And me, Paul. And on this month's show, we're going to be tackling Eve of the Daleks, the New Year's Day special. So I think first things first, Happy New Year to everybody at home. Um, hope you had a, a, a good celebration. Um, I think the start of this podcast's uh, New Year, this is our third attempt at trying to record this episode. So. It is. It is, yeah. It's, it's, yes. It's New Year, same old problems. Indeed, indeed. Yes, my internet provider, uh, who shall remain nameless, um, have been utterly atrocious this afternoon. It keeps dropping out. So uh, third time, like we're now resorting to using our phones to talk to each other. <laughs> Oh, I mean, who'd have thought that 20 years ago? <laughs> oh, I know, precisely. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Um, but, of course, during the course of this, this podcast, we're going to be discussing either the Daleks. We have listener feedback, We even uh, which Scott will be reading out for everybody again. Um, and also, Scott will be giving his own take um, on either the Daleks as well. He's, he will give him his own little section uh, to, to uh, give his thoughts on that. Uh, but before all that begins, uh, let's have a little listen to a clip. Happy nearly new year. Hiya, Nick. Here we are again. Here we are again. Ah. Anyone else got a proper deja vu? We're stuck in a time loop with killer robots. Yeah, that makes sense. Does it? It will kill everything not within its own image. Shoot. Should old acquaintance be forgot? Right, okay. Um, so as we uh, discovered, Paul, when we last attempted to record, it's it's my turn to kick things off, isn't it? It is. <laughs> yes, me. Um, okay, I, um, I think first things first, really, I really, really enjoyed this, actually. Uh, I thought it was a nice little um, contained episode, a good little base under siege story um small cast so you didn't have to sort of your, your concentration wasn't wandering anywhere it, it was just a good old-fashioned sort of new year's day what did you say just that's what you want from a special just just a, a nice little romp you can just sort of forget about everything just sort of put your feet up relax and enjoy which i did actually yeah and so, and something that the occasional viewer can just drop in on is not going to be um totally confused by the what what's happened in the previous episodes? Yeah, exactly. Um, I think there was just a you know obviously a brief little mention of um, of the flux, uh, which that basically sort of kick started the story from the uh, the Doctor and Yaz and Dan's point of view, resetting the TARDIS. Um, but that was yeah. just to sort of eject that. But that was it really. Um, There's a couple of little mentions about we'll we'll come on to a bit more later, and but, but certainly. Um, on, on this particular subject where, where Dan says about um, he's been travelling for four years with Yaz. So that's just a little hint back to when they were sort of cast back in time by the Angels. Yeah. But that was it, really. There wasn't too much sort of linking um, back to the previous series, which which no. is what you which is what you want, isn't it? Yeah. I actually thought that was actually quite a good um, point, that the whole four years that mm. Dan and Yes spent together because otherwise you've got a you know, otherwise you'd have had a new companion, basically, that was saying, I've noticed this and I've noticed that which would have left you so you've only been there five minutes. But yeah. Obviously you haven't because you've had that four years together. Yeah, which you would so expect Dan to pick up. That was a good on. that was that was a good use of that, I thought. 
Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it was. It was. It, I, I, do you know what? I think it's one of the best things that Chibnall was, has, has done. Really, I, th- I think since he took the show over. I mean, I, I enjoy Village of the Angels certainly, um, but I think this was this was really good. It, it was, and he, yeah. he managed to make the the Daleks into a, a, a credible threat again. Yeah, the fact they, they failed that, was not was not their doing. It was the time loop rather than them than being them. incompetent. Yeah, because I mean, it happened, happened they, su- the... they succeeded. They succeeded in their task quite <laughs> quite, quite easily well every time. Except the last, so yeah. yeah. Um, I, I think I think the only uh, the only thing I could possibly say um, really is that they, they seem to be quite with their nice new shiny um, shiny guns, um, which it, it looked it looked good. You know, it, it was a nice little little upgrade to the Daleks. Whether um, whether this is a, a permanent thing, whether it's just for what they call them executioner Daleks, which was never actually mentioned. In the in the story itself, but I think in all the press releases they were they were described as such. Um, yeah. They were great at hitting static targets, but when they ran down they corridors, had the, they had the stormtrooper stormtrooper capabilities. If anyone <laughs> moved, didn't they? Yeah, they did a bit, didn't they? They certainly did. But hey, you know, it, it, even pushing a heavy truck, it, <laughs> a, a item with them between them, they still couldn't get close. No, exactly. He, he oh, couldn't even but... he couldn't even hit the the thing they was pushing. Alone them. No. <laughs> but there you go. That's just a minor quibble. That just sort of up up the, the you know that you got the yeah. chase aspect to it. You got running down corridors, which I mean, you know, perhaps they're still getting used to their guns. I mean, they've just <laughs> they've sent out uh, you know the. These, these these are the ones that are field testing the guns. It takes maybe, a bit of time, maybe. Do you know what? I, I, I think the other thing as well. We we I, I thought the Daleks were um, really really how can I put it, sort of chatty in this as well, which we haven't had for a long time. That they felt devious and, and manipulative, and yeah, you know, which I don't think we've had for the, in the for the Daleks for a very very long time. Actually, to be honest, I know we, we I think. When it was announced that it's going to be another Daleks uh, story for for New Year's Eve or New Year's Day, sorry, I thought, oh no, not another one. Got three on the bounce we've had now. Yeah, but I think each time he's found relatively found something different to do with them. Yeah, really, because I think during, during uh, was it Resolution, uh, you had this whole thing about them being, you know. It been sort of split apart across, you know, it had to join itself up again across time, and so that was something different. And again, that Dalek was was very devious and manipulative and everything. Then you had like the, the revolution of the Daleks, which again did something different with them. Um, and then you had sort of like the SAS squad of, of the Daleks, kind of thing, which the Doctor called in. Uh, and then this time you had these executioner Daleks, and again, yeah, as you said, they were successful in what they did. You know, they weren't yeah. the usual, uh, what's the word, I'm trying to find an expression, sort of cannon fodder, or easily defeated, no. or, you know, or ridiculed yeah. in this one, were they? No. So, yeah, I, I no. really liked it. I really liked it. And the fact, yeah, that as as the the Doctor learned what to do in every comeback, so every, every time loop, so did the Daleks learn what they was doing. Yeah. It was I, good. It wasn't yeah, it just, was good. you know... They wasn't just defeating the Daleks because they knew what was going to ha- happen, and the Daleks were following a set pattern. That was, I thought, was really good. Yeah. Now, one thing I did like as well, it wasn't a, a straightforward 
sort of replay of the previous tournament because the tournament was shrinking each time. And yeah. as you find out, that was due to that was it was all down to the TARDIS, really, wasn't it? As you find out, yeah, it was all part of that reset thing. Um, so I, I did like that, but I think some people have, have pointed out the whole thing that I think it was uh, the Ashling B uh, character, um, Sarah, said that she won't be able to save Nick. The one up that was sort of in, in a couple of times because it kept moving forward by a minute. So the time he got yeah. exterminated, she he wouldn't be able to be rescued because he'd be outside of that time loop. But then she got exterminated in the very next time loop, and he was still there. So I, I don't know if that was I missed something or that that is that was a little bit of a a mistake. Yeah, with I the was whole... trying to work that one out, and I think she was saying yeah because he never he never survived five minutes to twelve. He was always killed by five minutes to twelve. Yeah, because he always died first. Mm. So she was saying he wouldn't come back. But as they always seem to start exactly the the same place as they were. Yeah, it was the same place. It wasn't the they same started time, was it? where they were four minutes. If you know, if, if it finished, if they was all ki- killed and there was only four minutes left, it wasn't that they started where they were four minutes from from the end, is it? You know, like she always started off in the reception. Mm-hmm. He always started off near his locker. Yeah. And they always, and the doctor, you always started off by the TARDIS. So it wasn't that they started off where they were, you know, so if it was four minutes, if the loop started four minutes to midnight, it wasn't where they were at four minutes to midnight. It was where they were when the loop had started. Yeah. They just had less time till the less end of the Less time to react to it. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. You I don't know that... sort of wondered whether that was. That was a rejected idea. That sort of part of it slipped through the. Well, yeah, you you could be the right script, there. Actually, whether he was yeah. going to be written out, and that was going to be, he wasn't going to make it past that. And well, then maybe... they changed their mind, but they yeah, never went maybe, back maybe they thought they never, that... you never corrected that. Yeah, I th- think maybe they thought, well, you know, you know, you're going to kill off the only black character in the story. Probably not a good thing to do, really, is it? It's 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 playing to all those. Tropes of previous stories where you had you had like the, the black cat well, would always, always be the first one to buy it, you know. So it'd have also it left Sarah in an odd position at the end of the story if she survives, mm. because where does she go? You know, <laughs> if he's dead, um, she's not got a storage unit anymore. Mm. What is she gonna do? You know, because there's not a point. There's no point in her going off traveling the world with. Yeah, or, with, or with, even with joining Jeff, the TARDIS team. No, no, exactly. Because because that that, that team's not going to be around long. We don't think, obviously. Obviously not. So, no, no. Yeah, so it would have been. Yeah, that it didn't give her. There wouldn't have been any sort of happy ending for her, really, if they'd have killed him off. No, not really. Um, I'm kind of glad they didn't. I mean, I mean, let's let's talk about the the character of Nick actually, because I think mean, some people have, have, have pointed out. He's what they, what they now call. He's a bit of a red flag when it comes to relationships because he did seem to have a an awful lot of girlfriends in a very short space of time. time. And as he said, yeah. and as he said in that, um, oh, someone just like a couple of days. So it's just a couple of days. How do you manage to hold keep hold of some of their possessions? Yeah, why, why, why was he, yeah they you know it was the fact that they are alive. that was the question wasn't it they are still alive aren't they? yeah I did like that actually it was the shocked look on their face why have you got these little tags here why have you named everything 
<laughs> and then like the the relief when he says, "Oh yeah." No, <laughs> I think they're trying to make it sort of come across as a sort of like a of a, a shy, endearing kind of character, but it it was a bit creepy if you ask me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you, you'd be, you'd be, you'd still be worried about going around the world with him, wouldn't you? I mean, you just... would be, really. You would be. But I thought it was a, it was a good performance by the actor. I, I really did, yeah. actually. Um, I've never seen anything before. Is it a Johnny Salmon, which I've never seen him do anything no. before? Um, but I, I thought he was, yeah, I thought he, he was really good in it. Um, yeah, I, I think as we're talking about the guest say, cast. Oh, sorry, go on. Say, before you go into that one. Do you think he was called Nick just purely so that a Dalek could come out and say, "I am not Nick"? Well, there's 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 two jokes to this, isn't there? Yeah, because you got the obviously Nicholas Briggs doing the yeah. um, doing the voice, and you got the Nicholas voice. Pegg, the Dalek operator. But I think I think the Dalek operator there was actually Barnaby Edwards in that particular scene. So you have got the two things there saying, "Yeah, I'm not Nick. I'm a Dalek," and I'm not Nick. I'm Barnaby. So. <laughs> Which, but yeah, yeah but, it was a but good you joke. Just, just think, do you think it was? It just was a he was not named Nick with that to get that joke in, or it's a happy circumstance. In, in joke in there. Yeah, yeah. Even if it was just you know written for, as much for the cast and crew as as anything else. I've got to be honest. Um, I'm all holding my hands up. That that joke didn't didn't appear to me immediately. It went to a bit later. I thought, oh yeah. So I was a bit, um, I was a bit slow on the uptake there. I'm afraid. But, yeah. Uh, so if, if you at home, if you got it straight away, well done. <laughs> You've sharper minds than I have, definitely. Um, yeah. What about the Ashley B character, Sarah? Because um, I, 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 I quite like, I quite like Ashley really B. Yeah. Yeah, and I thought that was really good casting. Yeah. For somebody to be, you want someone slightly sarcastic and whatever, and I think she does that role. Very well. Yeah, she does. She does. Um, and I'm, I'm, I have seen her in uh, doing serious roles as well. So she's not always yeah. um, sort of done comedic stuff. So I no. thought she was she was really good. I really liked her in this, and I liked the character as well. Especially when she she sort of called out um, Nick on what a weirdo <laughs> weirdo he yeah. was as well. Um, that's what I like. She didn't hold back at all. She wasn't. No. I can't believe, just she, like I keep saying he's in the room. He's here. He's here. He's here with us. <laughs> I think that's the thing. It's that whole thing. You, you, you shouldn't say anything nasty to someone, or, or or just say what you think about someone to their face. And I think that, that was it was quite refreshing to sort of like, well, I don't care really. It was you know, yeah. for a character to say that. Well, there was no guilt on her part whatsoever for oh. calling out Nick, and he's, and he's quite creepy behaviour. To be honest. Well, I suppose when you're stressed, as as you would be in that. In that situation, situation, yeah, yeah, you probably yeah. are just going to say what's on, what's coming into your head at that time. But... <laughs> I did quite like, yeah, I did like quite Dan and Yazzie's attitude. <laughs> it, was, it was the harsh, and then yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, really, really good, actually, really good. Um, but I say we, we we've talked about the. Um, before we get onto onto the main cast and everything, we talked about the the, the time travel thing. Um, obviously, it's been done before, hasn't it? And I think some people it's like Groundhog Day and and, and, and things like that. And some I think some of it was like the the Peter Capaldi one. Was it Heaven Sent or Hell Bent? Which I don't know which one it was now. Actually, when he, when he was 
punching his way through the, the, the diamond for four billion years, however long it was. Yeah. Uh, it just sort of repeating itself on a on a loop. I to me it put me in mind and I've already mentioned this on the other podcast, on the Doctor Who podcast. Um it put me more in mind of that Star Trek Next Generation um episode cause and effect where the Enterprise is caught in that time loop with it when it crashes into that other that other starship. Captain by Kelsey Grammer. Do you remember that one? Uh no, off the top of my head. Don't you remember because basically it, it it re- it starts off with pretty much like this episode of Doctor Who did with the entire cast being killed off before the credits. Right. Um, did you remember that the ship comes out of nowhere? It comes out of like of a like a portal, and they can't escape it in time. It collides, and they have to abandon ship. Before they can, the Enterprise blows up, and it got, cuts the credits. And that's what keeps happening in this time. They're trying to find a way. They've got this sense of deja vu. That things and they find a way out to sort of avoid colliding with this starship, which has been caught in its own sort of temporal loop as well. And it's got the old, um, they're all wearing the um, the original cast movie uniforms, you know, the the the, the burgundy tunics and the little yeah jumpers. So it's, it's that from that era of Star Trek. So it just put me in mind of that a little bit and trying to find a way out of this time loop. Really, so it just and and again, even as I say, even down to the fact that the car, the whole cast was killed off before the credits had rolled, um, which I thought was um, well. Again, I thought if you, if you've never if you hadn't come across any of the the trailers because it gave away the, the people getting exterminated in the trailers, really, didn't it? Um, yeah. So, but if you'd missed that and you saw that as the that's what you've seen before the the credits have rolled. Or oh, titles, not the credits, the titles of rolled, sorry. Um, you'd be sort of like, what did I just see there? It's, I thought it was a pretty bold thing to do. Yeah. And for a Dalek to do it, the Daleks finally exterminate the Doctor. And everybody, basically. And then you get to see it over and over again as well. Um, no, I, I thought it, it was... Because what I, was it Jodie Whittaker said when she first read the script? She got to that point and thought, I thought I was doing another couple of these. <laughs> Do you know what? Do you know, I mean, there's still time for this to happen, but you know when all be, before it was confirmed that she was leaving the role, yeah. um, you know that the papers have been talking about this for months beforehand, and one of them even said this is how she's going to leave, and the Daleks are going to finally exterminate Jodie Whittaker. Do you think there's, they've mixed a couple of things up here? They've obviously they've got wind of Jodie Whittaker was she must have been considered, or it, or it broke out. Yeah in the background somewhere and somebody's sort of leaked it before the BBC confirmed it. But then they've also leaked, they also leaked the, uh, the plot for this particular story and just put two and two together and come up with five. Yeah. Or at least, yeah, at least the couple of pages of the script. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I think again, we don't know. We don't know in, in the manner in which Jodie Whittaker is going to leave Doctor Who, um, or Yaz or Dan for that matter. No. We've got absolutely no idea. Absolutely no idea. But yeah, I, I thought I thought that the whole the whole time loop thing was used extremely well in this. And okay, as we we discussed a couple of little weird sort of thing about the the minute counting down and not shouldn't be able to save particular people. But hey, it's just a very minor quibble and a very enjoyable story. Yeah, really is, really is. Um, I was I think now if we sort of 
move on to the main cast now, actually. Um, I think we'll start off with Jodie Whittaker, um, who I thought was excellent in this, actually. She, she might sort of maintain that sort of, that flippancy that a Doctor has when faced with the antagonist, actually with the, with the, with the Daleks. Um, I, I think she was also sort of, her character was sort of floundering in, in somewhat in, in certain aspects, but also quick to temper, which, yeah. which was unusual for, for, for her Doctor to do. Uh, but particularly with the, she snapped at Yaz um, on a couple of occasions, and, and and also sort of also sort of the character of Sarah tried to take the Doctor down a peg or two by saying, "Well, what you know, what what the hell are you doing? What have you done? Yeah. You've done nothing." Um, we, and and again, it sort of put the put the Doctor on the back foot, which which was interesting to see actually. And I thought Jodie Whittaker was really really good in that scene. Yeah, I mean, yeah. What she said about you know your plan didn't really work, did it? Yeah. Back to her. Yeah, which I thought was really, really good, and I, and it it's, it's good to see that sort of sort of rear its head now and again, actually, because you've got this complete stranger who so just appears out of nowhere into a situation, and just wants to start taking over. Um, and I think that's that's what you'd be like, really. You wouldn't. I mean, ordinarily, you wouldn't just go, yeah, okay, I'll just do as you say." You'd be, "Who the hell are you?" Yeah, it's a, it's a more of a, it, I felt it, it was a lot more natural, and I think again it comes back to what we were saying earlier about Ashley B as an act, as you know as an actor as well. She she does that yeah. sort of sarcastic um, yeah. sort of sort of thing rather rather well. So yeah, I'm, I'm really really uh, yeah I was I was really really uh, sort of surprised that sort of the, the amount of different aspects they put to the Doctor's character in this one. Actually, I, I, I was pleasantly surprised. Really was. Yeah and. But yeah, but as you say, just tends to as the as the story goes on and she actually realizes there's a game to play. Mm. The doctor realizes there's a game to play. Then this is this is one of the best things about I think Jodie Whittaker's doctor is the fact that she tends to embrace that as a as a challenge. Mm. Yeah, she does it in a sort of a sort of a flippant way as yeah. well. Um but I th- I think you get the get the sense that, you know, un- underneath that that flippancy, <clears throat> excuse me, that she's sort of desperately trying to figure out what to do next. Um, I think in this one, it, it was a case of that because they had such a, each time the time it restarted, a limited amount of time to take any action. Yeah. So I thought, yeah, I thought it was really, really well done. Um, now, Dan, as well, I thought actually had something to do in this story. Uh, one thing we'll come into a bit later. I thought the first thing first when when he when he went down to uh, confront the Dalek. Yeah, and his way of just getting around was well, just to run around in circles close to the Dalek as well. Well, you, it's such an easy thing to bamboozle the dogs. He can't actually turn his gun round on you, can it? So it was. Oh um, yeah, I mean that, that that's that's a very old school version, <laughs> isn't it? I mean, I think you can almost go back to. To the first ever Dalek story for people doing. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So I thought that was it was a very yeah, it was good. It was good. I liked it. I liked it actually. Um, I thought Yaz was was good as well. Um, another another sort of good uh, a good story for her. Finally, as well. Um, obviously, there was a couple of good scenes between her and um, and Dan, and also between Dan and the Doctor um, as yeah. well. And I think we'll, we'll we'll come into that a bit later. Actually, I think, but I think she was, um, yeah. I think that Yaz's character was given a hell of a lot more to do in this story, and I think now we know that 
sort of, it, it was released in the last week or so that um, Mandip Gill has actually finished filming on Doctor Who now. She she's done. So and I think so's John Bishop. So we obviously we know she's going to leave. Uh, we don't know in what manner at all at the moment, do we? So it's no. uh, yeah, it's going to be a bit of. Uh, it just seems a shame. that sort of finally given the, the character something to do, and she's gone. Yeah. Which is a bit of it's just a bit a bit bit strange actually. Um, but I think before we start talking about that, um, Scott has recorded a little piece for us actually. Um, we'll hear him again later on um, when we do the listener feedback. Uh, but he's recorded his own little uh, thoughts on uh, on this particular story. So I think I think now's a good time for us to have a break, Paul. And um, but let, let's Scott take over for five minutes. So uh, over to you, Scott. <laughs> This is Scott, and today I'm giving my review on Evil of the Daleks. I thought it was really good, sort of. It was kind of repetitive in the areas, and I'm still I'm kind of confused on how did two Daleks end up being there instead of one. But yeah, and I really think that the characters um, were. Um, kind of better than the flux then again not really so it was a kind of a good episode but it wasn't the best in like um in like um the storyline because it was just being repeated over and over again into the end so it was kind of like exterminate exterminate over and over again and it was kind of getting like are you going to do this now? Or are you going to do, do this later? And then it was like, are you? And then they kept dying, but it wasn't like. And then you just sat there, and were like, when are you going to stop the Daleks then? Because the TARDIS is doing whatever it's doing, and it's making like a um repetitive time thingy magic. So it was like a case of the Doctor trying to do something, but ended up not doing something. And it was some some most of the episode was about the TARDIS trying to fix itself. Well, it wasn't really, but it was like the whole point was the TARDIS's fault. So it was kind of evolved around the TARDIS a, a lot of the time. And I really think that the Daleks they have a new like gun shooter, so there's like this, it can kill people all in one go now, which didn't used to happen. So. I really think that was a very cool thing. It's a, um, they have a really good design, and I don't know if the Daleks are in a costume or it's, um, whatever it's called, editing. The editing was better than the Flux because that was just rubbish. I don't know what I call it though. Um, at the end of the episode. I don't forgot what they're called, but they're like sea things, look like fish, round faces, giant eyes, and they're like um they've changed their colour. Last time they were like brown with scaly scales. Now they're more like rusty blue and stuff, with like green and a tiny tint of pink. So that was cool, and I'm excited to see what's that gonna be like. And all and yeah, so the next time trailer was 
a big thing, I guess, for a lot of people that likes the sea. I think it was. I think they're called sea warriors. I'm not quite sure because I forgot. Okay, yeah. Um. So yeah, I think that was very exciting for everyone, but I think that they could have added a lot more in like when they were doing the first and like the rest of the scenes before they started exploding the thing they could have done something else they could have tried doing something to stop it over and over again but instead they didn't and no one and i sometimes some parts i didn't get i still didn't recognize i didn't still didn't understand when the doc when you saw like this blue light with the doctor was standing in and no one else was standing in it i was like where does she go then because that had nothing to do with the episode in the end so why was there a blue room the doctor was in another dimension a minute ago then the next minute she walked to the door then she was back so it was kind of strange but i don't think some of the characters should have sacrificed themselves because the the, the quicker they would have died so i don't think they should have done that also i kind of that connection thing at the middle and end of the episode with Yaz and the Doctor I didn't quite understand that I don't know what Yaz meant and I don't know what the Doctor's trying to keep a secret from and it's kind of a big question now to know who's going to take over the role from Jodie Whittaker after the two specials that we've seen a trailer for and that but my overall rating for Evil the Daleks would be, hmm, I'm gonna give, I won't give it a full 10, sadly, I'm gonna give it a 7.5, I think, yeah, that, 7.5, because the editing was good, but it was very repetitive, and it got sometimes boring over time into the last scene in the building, which... And when it exploded, all those fireworks was probably the best part of the episode, including, like, the alien stuff. Because, yeah. But I think that's all I have to say. So, goodbye. Okay, thanks, Scott. Now, um, I think, as we, as we I sort of said earlier on about uh, Yaz and Dan and, and the Doctor and Dan, obviously this leads us up to... Um, what people are calling Thasmin, the shipping of of of, of thirteen and, and Yaz. I'm sure that's what Thasmin means, isn't it? It's thirteen and Yaz. I'll, I'll take that if you say that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Paul, I was hoping for your pithy insight. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, yeah. So it, it, it's finally it's finally sort of out in the open that that Yaz has got things for the Doctor, which, which um, Dan has picked up on. As we as we pointed out earlier, during that four years he spent with her, um, yeah, sort of trying trying to uh, during the um, after the um, the angel story. So now, what what do we first of all what what do you think about this? Because it's been hinted at for a long, long time, hasn't it? Well, I mean, I think I think it's been wished for by certain people for a long, long time. Yes, it and, has. And there was always a question of are you know, people reading more into it than the than it is. But obviously, not now, because it's all sort of been it's been confirmed. Well, no, that the cards are on the table now, aren't they? So, yeah. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. Cer- well, certainly Yazzie's side of it is. You um, still have no. I th- I think there I think there is on the doctor's side. The doctor just hides it well or tries to hide it. I think Dan Dan knows that scene between Dan and the doctor. I think Dan knows for certain yeah. what the doctor's feelings are. Um, yeah, I, I just think though that you've, we've got two episodes to go. We know Jodie Whittaker's, Whittaker's going. We know that Mandip Gill is going. It's a bit late in the day now, isn't it? Is this going to be a, 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 another well, no, I mean, ten, pra- a ten, ten rose tragedy? I don't know. Perhaps it isn't, because otherwise the fact is, where do you go? If you'd started this earlier, where does it go? It has well, to be... I don't know. I don't know. I just think it's a bit late in the day. I think, as you you said, a lot of people have been wishing for this as well. And that, that to me, when... Oh, I can't, I'm trying to sort of put this... I can't sort of articulate what, what, well what I want to say here, really. But I think it's that whole thing. When makers of the show start listening to what fans want, doesn't always pay off. It's, mm. it's like that thing. Do you, know, you know, do you remember when, um, when Stephen Moffat was in charge of the show and where, the, the, where there was a certain section of fans were quite vocal in the fact, oh, we want a musical episode like Buffy. And um, Stephen Moffat was very, very... He was... He was very, very resistant to it. I was going to say reluctant, but he, he was yeah. he was re, he was resistant to it. Um, and plus, the fact is that that musical Perhaps episode he just hasn't got the songs though. Maybe he hasn't. Maybe he's got it in to to, you know, to write lyrics. Um, but I think it's sort of like by that point, that episode of Buffy was almost twenty years old by the time. Yeah. He, you know, people were clambering for this for some reason. I don't know why people were asking for a musical episode. Um, and he said, "Yeah, it was a bad idea." And he was right. It was a bad idea. It, it doesn't fit Doctor. I'm not saying that Yaz and the Doctor doesn't fit Doctor because it does. We, we've had the the whole romantic thing with the Doctor. I know we, we've we got on record with the no hanky panky in the TARDIS because we're quite yes. old school, aren't we? We're, we're old school now. <laughs> we're but, just quite old, I think. Is the yeah, well, yeah, I think that's <laughs> what's hanky panky yeah, anywhere exactly. now. <laughs> we're just something old, yeah. that is not. Yeah, um, but I think this that there's there's part of me is sort of thinking you shouldn't. What what fans ask for and want to see in the show isn't necessarily a good thing all the time. No, it really isn't. But I think there's the other part of me. Said, so, well, we we this is what modern Doctor Who is like now. The Doctor has romantic entanglements with 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 their companions. It, that's that's how it is now. Um, but it's that part of me also said, well, it's, it's, you, if you're going to do it, it's pretty late in the day now. If 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 there's going to be some sort of budding relationship or, or a romantic relationship, it, it's a but, bit late in the day. And if it doesn't but happen, never, but we've never had people them saying, fulfilled, have we? Never, never. never. And I think te- there's never been the Doctor as part of a couple in the TARDIS. No, it's always and, been that. Will well, they, this won't they this is the thing, Paul. This is the thing because, the, but this is the thing though. People are gonna the people who want this relationship are gonna want to see it carry through. And if it yeah. doesn't, they're going to be pissed off, and they're going to be angry because it it will it will because because it's it will be technically a gay relationship. So if it doesn't happen, I think it, it it's going to annoy people who've been asking for it for for like representation on on television or representation representation within Doctor Who, perhaps. Yeah. Just do, do you see what I mean? I think I think it, it's um it, it'll either payoff or it's just gonna annoy people because it, as you say we've never had it fulfilled in no, Doctor but we've Who previously. never had it fulfilled in a 
stroke relationship either. No, no, so exactly. It, it's it's not as if you know if you're going to be angry if this one isn't fulfilled, that it's not it's only not being fulfilled because because of the relationship it is. Mm. I think it's more a case of well, actually, you should actually keep to the the the, the set limits, and the limits are that the Doctor never has a fulfilled relationship. Mm. I mean, so, I mean, it's all part of the the, the tragedy the tragic aspect of the character really, isn't it? Yeah. Despite wanting to, but never been able to, or can't articulate, or, you know, or whatever it might be. Or circumstance keeps them apart, for arguments, you know, as it did with, with yeah. the Ten and Rose. Um, so, yeah, so, I mean, obviously, we, we've got another two specials to go to see how, how, this, how this pans out. I think either way, I, th- I think it's going to end up annoying... A section of fans, either way, really. I mean, yeah. it doesn't. It doesn't bother me either way. I know we've said, you know, we're, we're anti the Doctor having romantic entanglements. It's not anti. It's just the fact we we've grown up with Doctor. Yeah, you can't. You you know you you can't imagine sort of how can I put it? Sort of imagine if you had like John Pertwee and Joe Grant romantically entangled. Yeah. It it would just be wrong, really, wouldn't it? So. Um, I mean, even now, people still think that the Doctor and Rose was still wrong because it is basically that someone who's nine hundred years old going out with someone yeah. barely in their twenties. So yeah, it's um, horses for courses at the end of the day, isn't it? It's whatever, whatever you want out of the show. But I think you know, whatever show you like, whether it's Doctor Who or or, or Star Trek or Star Wars, it's never going to tick all the boxes. No, and I, th- I think the moment that a, um, a show or a Film series starts to try and do that. I don't know if that's, if that's such a whether that's a good thing or not to try and do everything at once. No, but it's never going. No, no program is ever going to please everybody. I mean, no, that's it's the not. One thing that's definitely it's not known. So I think that that's why I sort of get a bit perplexed when people get angry or annoyed or upset because it didn't do what I wanted it to do. Well, it never has done. Yeah. You know, and no right. show ever will. It never will do exactly everything you want it to do or you hope for it to do. Yeah, it's. Uh, I know we sort of gone off off topic a little bit, and and I've got to be honest, Paul. It, it was kind of a conversation I was sort of a little bit apprehensive of, of having because there's a lot of people want this to happen. Yeah, and I think and I think all I'm saying is don't be disappointed if it doesn't, because no. the the way Doctor Who goes, the the, the character of the Doctor. I think the Doctor is never destined to be happy, <laughs> really. No, that's just the way it yeah. is. I mean, that that that's more of it, isn't it? It's the, it's the he's still really the lonely traveller cl- clinging on to the companionship he can get, he or she can get at any point. Hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Because so... it, it, it's because that's it's been addressed before. Sort of the Doctor says, "I have to watch them grow old." Yeah. That's why it's it sort of has that. Brief burst of. I mean, yeah, well, yeah. One of one of the know, best was school reunion for doing that, wasn't it? It was, yeah. With his reasons yeah. for never going back to see Sarah Jane was the fact that, yeah, I just have to say that goodbye to people and leave it at that. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. But uh, but hey, you know, it's uh, I, I, I wanted to have the, the conversation. Even, I say, even though I was quite sort of apprehensive about it as well, because again, I don't want to annoy anybody with this. It, it's a very it's a sensitive subject for some people. It, it really is. Yeah. And, you know, I don't want to, I'm not sort of trying to trash their or put down their their, their hopes and wants for, for Doctor Who. Um, if, if it does pan out, if that's what you want from the show and it does happen, 
then I'm happy for you. I really am. Um, yeah. It's just that whole thing, you know, if it doesn't pan out, then, you know, don't be disappointed. I think that's just, as we just said, that's what's supposed to happen to the Doctor. Yeah. It was, you know, um, but hey, we'll, we'll see, we'll see. Um, but I think my only, and I just want to end on, for our discussion anyway, the only our only sort of niggle for me is they had that finite amount of time to, you know, because that time was was decreasing in, in time each time it, it, it started again. But they, yeah. still have, they still had time to pause the action and have those conversations. So you had like the Dan one, you had the, the, the Yaz and uh, sorry, the Dan and the Doctor, Dan and Yaz. Then you had that little conversation between Nick and Sarah when they're meant to be in a yeah. hurry. Well, now the on, Nick, Nick on... and Sarah one was the one, wasn't it, actually? Yeah. Because they was close to the door to getting away and decided to pause to have a little chat. Yeah, but then they had to get down to the basement with that stuff to blow up the... The, you know the building and everything yeah um yeah so yeah that was oh come on you've got four minutes <laughs> and you you just stop doing what you're doing to have this little conversation oh, i was planning on traveling the world but i couldn't find anybody you know and it's all very but it, nice wasn't even that, it wasn't even that one between sarah and nick that got me it was the one when i was actually down in the basement when they were doing their own escape mm. and they stopped oh yeah but hiding between the crates yeah. So, yeah. So you're right. It's two two occasions that happened then. So. Oh, it's just a very very minor niggle. You've got to have those character moments. And actually, the other, it... the other one on that was the fact is when Nick had destroyed the two Daleks by ducking, mm. and they had that big conversation about what they was going to do as a plan for next time. In the time they spent taking that, they could have been down in the basement and out that door. <laughs> Before but, the other three Daleks arrived. Do you know what? If if I was if I was sad enough, what I would do is watch it again and time each <laughs> each time loop to see if they actually overrun on any particular occasion. Uh. <laughs> I'm not that sad. I'm not that sad. Well, but, I was interested uh, in the fact that when her mother rang her was four minutes to midnight. Yeah, and I was I'd, I'd be quite interested to watch it again just to see. After the time got below four minutes, did her mother ring her at all? <laughs> <laughs> actually, you brought me to one of my other criticisms as well, actually. Pauline McClynn was badly underused in this story. Well, always had to be, though, didn't it? I mean, it was always just going to be the... Which was, Yeah, was always going to be the um, almost comic effect to it, wasn't it? Well, yeah, I, I think... At inappropriate think, times. Yeah, I think for me, you, you could have got... You've got a well-known actor like her yeah and you just use a for seconds at a time you know s- spread out across the, across the, the yeah. episode you could have got any sort of lesser known actor to have done that really because oh, every, I mean, everybody yeah. every, everyone knows Pauline you expect Pauline McLean to have a, a larger role as it were I certainly did yeah. anyway but, but I say yeah, it, again but I it's, a, it's a minor a... it's a minor quibble yeah if you can use her then why not really yeah yeah, it's not as if no, Christian was thinking I won't. The problem is that Christian was not thinking. Oh, I won't cast her in this because I'll use her next year. Is he? <laughs> no, that's true. That's true. Anyway, so, um, it's probably I, his last chance to cast her if he wanted to in one of his episodes. Probably is. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, anyway, that's that's um, that's my minor quibble. Do you do you think our listeners have got any minor quibbles, Paul? I suspect. They might have a few. They might. Hopefully, we... they'd mostly like it. Oh, 
I hope so. So anyway, let's find out, shall we? Let's go over to Omega's feedback corner. Those who oppose the will of Omega shall not live. Yes, everyone, it's time for Omega's feedback corner, and uh, once again, Scott joins me. Hello. Oh, yes, so Scott's going to read out all your feedback for Eve of the Daleks. Uh, so first, we're going to go through a couple of items of uh, feedback we got on Twitter, and first one is from at Juggling Jelly, and they say probably. The best of the Chibnall Dalek Holiday episode, but like the setting, it was limited and functional. Good guest cast, but not pushed all that hard. Okay, thank you very much. And next up, we have At Minds a Kingsmaker, and uh, well, he's got he's got a different take on this because he says one of his worst episodes. I had to force myself to watch to the end. I can't think of anything good about it. And it took them 14 seconds to get out of the TARDIS. I really don't need a romantic storyline either. At least one nearer to the end. Okay, thank you very much there. Uh, But now we sort of move on to our Facebook uh, feedback. And the first up we have... um feedback from our our regular contributor Andrea Gill and uh, Andrea writes into us and says really enjoyable tense episode with many laugh out moments and some due to the real world situation much needed warm and fuzzy feelings flew in good hearted weirdos are actually the keepers has to be my favourite Doctor Who quote thanks very much Andrea and some further feedback now from um, Ash Farbrother. And uh, Ash writes into us and says... I liked it. I really liked it. It was a nice little self-contained episode and the next time made me shout out the TV joyously. Yes, that seems to be a common thing here because we have uh, next up from Jeff Waddle. And uh, Jeff writes in... Thoroughly enjoyable, not too heavy. A palette cleans it after the last series, but oh, oh, the coming next clips, that alone is worth another bottle of wine. And next up, some more feedback from Alan T. Butcher. And Alan says, in his usual style... Jolly good, but that reveal, jolly good. Yes, indeed, jolly good. Uh, next, we have Cy James, who writes in and says... So much better when the plot isn't just centred around a taking over the world kind of thing. Great stuff, what a reveal at the next time trailer and all. Yes, everybody seems to be really on board with the next time trailer. Um, And uh, next up we have Abby Peck. And uh, thanks, Abby, for writing again. And she says... I said, finally, at Dan's Little Hawk, and then the next time. Nobody else understands why I'm so excited. Thanks very much, Abby. And uh, next we have Kevin Mullen. And uh, Kevin says... Wowzers, I really enjoyed that. A very clever time loop story. Chris Chibnall knows how to write for the Daleks in a way that Morphet didn't. It was also very funny without being silly or slapstick. A great way to start the new year. 8.5 time loops recurring slash 10 and that reveal. Add an extra 5 to the story, so 9 out of 10. Edit and they brought back Carl form The Girl Who Fell to Earth. Yes, they did indeed. And uh, next we have Steve Powell. Uh, Thanks again for writing to us, Steve. And Steve says... Great stuff. A self-contained pause for brief after the epic events of Flux. Love the execution, Daleks, and oh my god, that trailer. Let's hope they use the score from the original story. Thank you very much. And lastly, we have John Michael Lindsay. And, uh, well, we're going to end this one a bit of a downer because John didn't enjoy it too much. Because John says, a little bit of a downer because he wasn't too impressed because John says... 
if I'm honest, although it was a nicely self-contained episode, I was left feeling it was quite a lacklustre story. Love the improvement to the Daleks, but it seemed to just seem to just be working towards a lovely story that we really don't need, which is a shame. I really rated down this episode, though. Really looking forward to the next episode, though. Thank you very much, everybody, for writing into us. And uh, that's, uh, well, I think that's just about it for the first items of feedback for 2022. Woo! Woo, indeed. So, um, well, back over to me and Paul now. Yes, thank you very much, everybody, for writing in again. It was interesting to hear your, hear your thoughts. Um, now, obviously... A lot of people are getting excited about. I think now we've reached the end of more or less reached the end of this podcast. Now, I think one of the things to discuss now is the next time trailer pool. Sea Devils. Yes, at last. How? <laughs> oh no! How surprised were you to see that? <laughs> I was, and the fact that they were instantly recognisable as what we would think of be Sea Devils. Yes, yes. They there there was always they haven't been redesigned as such. No, no. I mean, obviously, you could tell with that brief little shot we saw, they've massively improved the the mask with the facial, the slight little facial movements, everything like that. Um, yeah, oh, yeah, and, and I and I suspect, and I suspect the the back of the head doesn't come out the back of the collar nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not wearing a ridiculous samurai helmet either, is it? So, no. <laughs> um, yeah. Wow. Well, you don't I can't know. Wait. You don't know though, actually, because if it's oh, this is China, set. not Japan. Yeah, well, I don't know. It's not that far. <laughs> it's not that far, but this is Chinese pirates and sea devils. This this sounds um, intriguing. Yeah. Actually, it does sound intriguing. So I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to that. Very much looking forward to that. Um, yeah, when when it appeared on on screen, I don't like the fact they just built it up, didn't they? Legend of of the <laughs> yeah and sea devils. I thought, wow, oh, and then brilliant. just brought it back into focus. Yeah, yeah, absolutely brilliant. Um, yeah, when it when it happened um, on the screen, I think both of me, Scott and I, just went, "Yes, Sea Devils." Lads. <laughs> yeah, Joe looked looked at us both and sort of, "What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> Wrong with you?" Yeah. But uh, anyway, um, just one last thing to uh, wrap up. We're not doing it as a special feature. Who, who really wants stats on a on a New Year special? But uh, it, it the overnight viewing figures were three point two one million, um, which is I think they said it's about down a million on last year's New Year's special, but yet again, New Year's Day viewing figures were down right across the board. There was hardly anybody well, well, watching I, I, TV. I suppose it begs the question: Does Doctor Who work on a Saturday? Well, there's there's the thing, isn't it? Because yes, what what, <laughs> what we forgot to mention: Doctor was back on a Saturday night again, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, you know, now now when it's not in its usual place on Sunday, the figures are obviously down. So. Well, I think the I think it was the sixth most watched program on BBC that day, but it was up against The Masked yeah. Singer on ITV, which is a big ratings hit. It really is. A lot of people do watch that. Um, yeah. So uh, it's to be expected. I mean, I'm not bored about the catch-ups or anything. We know it's not going to get cancelled. We know it's it's in safe hands with RTD next year. So you know, yeah. it's it's just it's just worth um, you know, people who are interested in such things. That's what the overnight viewing figures were. So there we yeah. are. There we are. Okay. Um, so I think that just about wraps up this particular podcast. And um, I think that really wraps up the podcast for, for this month, actually, because we'll, we'll be back in February, won't we? Yes. And uh, yes, and we've, we've actually got something figured out what we're going to be doing for once. Um, we're going to be looking at the Seeds of Doom, um, which yes. I think we, we abandoned from last year, actually, didn't we? <laughs> yeah. 
We just didn't get round to doing it in time before the... Uh, the, the new series started. Started. Yeah. Yes, indeed, indeed. So, uh, so that's what we're going we're gonna to be doing. So obviously, it'll be our usual look at the televised uh, format and also the uh, novelised format as well and, and it's sort of uh, the, yeah. the uh, differences between the two. If any, we don't know yet. Yes. We don't know. But that's, yeah. but that's what's coming up um, in February. Okay, then, folks. So that's it. That's it. So we're going to sign off now. So until next time, then, it's goodbye from me, Phil. And goodbye from me, Paul. Goodbye. Thanks for listening. If you don't want to miss a show, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and if you have time, leave us a quick review also. You can also subscribe to us on Spotify, Google Podcasts or Amazon Music and don't forget to check out and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you want to leave us feedback, you can do this through Twitter at who's underscore he underscore podcast and also through the Who's He Podcast Facebook group. You can find all of these links on our website who's hyphen he hyphen podcast.co.uk. Hyphen